Reader's Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. Hello, everyone. It's another week, another Monday, and we are getting so close to Christmas. <laughs> but anyway, I'm so excited that you guys took some time out to listen in today because today is going to be kind of a special show because Abigail Owen is back on, who's a friend of mine, another paranormal romance author. But right now, she and I um, pulled together a whole bunch of awesome authors to put together a Christmas anthology of paranormal romance. It's called Christmas After Dark. And and so I emailed her and said, come back on the show. And she's like, okay. So, so we both have stories in this collection, so we'll talk to you guys about that too. But if you have not read Abigail Owen yet, she has a book out in paperback now, and a new ebook just came out of Dragon Shifters. So if you haven't met her yet, I'm going to read her bio really quick so you can get a handle on who she is. Abigail grew up consuming books and exploring the world through writing. She attempted to find a practical career related to her favorite pastime by earning a degree in English rhetoric, which is technical writing. However, she swiftly discovered that writing without imagination is not nearly as fun as writing with it. No matter the genre, she loves to write feisty heroines, sexy heroes who deserve them, and a cast of lovable characters to surround them and maybe get their own stories. Abigail is a multi-award winning author who has written 30 plus novels, novellas, short stories under two pen names. Actually, I think there's three now with more yep. to come. She, <laughs> right? She's also the owner operator of Authors on a Dime, a company which provides a la carte services to help authors like herself. Abigail loves every part of the publishing journey and considers herself freaking lucky to be living out her dream every day. She resides in Austin, Texas with her personal hero who she totally married because she's smart and <laughs> two children who are growing up way too fast. I did put a link to Abigail's website and also to Authors on a Dime if you're listening and you are a writer. She does a fabulous job supporting um, everyone else too. I don't know how she writes so many books and does that, but it's her voodoo <laughs> witchcraft. <laughs> So, Abigail, you're, are you there? I am. Thank you so much for having me on again. I always love to come talk to you. Oh, me too. I always have such a blast with you. <laughs> yeah, we do. But, I think we have a little too much fun. <laughs> right? There's lots of giggling, but hopefully that's okay. Um, <laughs> so, we have the Christmas After Dark anthology right now out, which has one, two, three, four, five, six stories for only 99 cents. So you want to tell everybody about your story? Tell them why they should go grab the anthology? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, um, this anthology was so much fun to put together with you and uh, Alyssa and Julia and Nina and Cheryl. Um, it was one of those, like, we've, we've done a couple of anthologies now together. <coughs> um, but this one was... I had noticed that while there's a ton of Christmas anthologies out there, almost all of them are either contemporary or historical. There's not a lot of anthologies Christmas, re you know, related in the paranormal space. Right. And it was like, why not? I want to read Christmas stories with wool shifters. Right. You know, 
And it, it kind of makes sense just because, you know, our worlds don't necessarily lend towards a Christian Christmassy <laughs> kind of mythology. Right. But I think there's still ways to incorporate the season itself and the holidays into paranormal. And so that I think that was fun. And then because of these anthologies and a couple of other giveaways and things I've done with Entangled Authors over the last couple of years that I've been with them, I've really made some good friends. So it's fun to put these together. Right. Right. Well, and it's always so fun to have, um, you know, usually we do book releases and you promote and Mm -hmm. possibly if you're lucky, the publisher promotes, but it's so much more fun when you've got a team of friends who like when this anthology first came out and we did that little Facebook event party, that was super fun. It's just fun fun to have a group of people. It is. It is. Well, and then it leads to good, just good friendships in, you know, just outside the writing in general, mostly because I find that um, anybody who else loves and writes paranormal romance is my kind of person. Like, this is my, these are my people. <laughs> you know, right. Your tribe. <laughs> yeah, I went through high school, you know, with good friends, but they certainly didn't get my, I don't know, sense of humor or my obsession with Star Wars or <laughs> Lord of the Rings. <laughs> you know, there just wasn't that connection. And now I've found the people that I have that connection with. And so that, that's also really fun. Yeah. Um, but so uh, <laughs> you want to tell everybody about your story in there, The Wolf I Want? Yep, absolutely. So mine is actually um, The Wolf I Want for Christmas, and this story was actually really fun to write because it came out of kind of the most random of places. I had intended on doing, um, taking a a story that I had already previously written in one of my worlds, and it was already set at wintertime and just putting it, setting it more in the Christmas space and just converting it to a Christmas story. Um, But that world was self-published and Entangled contracted it about the time that I was getting ready to convert it over <laughs> and put it in the <laughs> anthology. And just, um, out of, you know, sheer coincidence, I happened to take a trip to New York to meet with um, our publisher, Entangled, and Macmillan, um, with a bunch of other authors, and we had a dinner with them, and I was sitting with a bunch of uh, the Macmillan ladies um, <laughs> just having a great time. They ended up being kind of just like with the same with paranormal romance authors where you just have that, all those things in common and you just click and it's just a lot of fun. And one of them said something along the lines of, I wish there were more realistic um, heroes and heroines in paranormal romance. And just kind of, you know, off the top of my head, I said, wouldn't it be funny to see an OCD heroine with a wolf shifter? Could you imagine you know, things like, you can't shift in here. You're going to get fur everywhere. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that, that kind of <laughs> I thing. Just and it turns, yeah, exactly. I just swept and don't make me do it again. Um, and that turned into just a funny night of all of us, you know, adding more and more to the OCD heroine with the wolf shifter <laughs> story idea. And I promised them <laughs> that I would just write them a quick, short story of our, you know, little heroine here. And um, since I couldn't do my book that I had planned for Christmas, I thought, oh, I'll just take that idea and set it at Christmas and (laughs) write them their story and (laughs) kind of kill two birds with one stone. And it ended up being such a fun story, I think partly because um, I am not diagnosed OCD myself. I I certainly don't struggle with it at an extreme level, but I think everybody has OCD tendencies. Um, Mm -hmm. And um, as you mentioned, I do a lot of stuff, and so I tend to be uber efficient and very, like, I don't know. Everything has to be very structured and like crazy organized. (laughs) It has to be, or I just don't get it done. And so 
I was able to really relate to the heroine and pull a lot of myself into that story. But it was also fun to just think of all the different ways. Like, I think my favorite part in the book is he shifts in the house after she's told him not to and runs out to go battle this other alpha werewolf. And um, she starts vacuuming. And so they pause mid-fight, and the other guy's like, is she vacuuming? And so that's just (laughs) – and he's like, yeah. And it's because of you. <laughs> you came here and you triggered her. Yeah. And so it was It was one of those things that was fun to incorporate that kind of that reality and myself into a world like that and think, oh, what would somebody with OCD struggle with <laughs> in, a, in a paranormal right. world? Very different realities. Yeah. So that mm-hmm. ended up being my fun and- Christmas story. <laughs> That sounds wonderful. And I love part of why I love paranormal romance and urban fantasy is that you can take a traditional, you know, quote unquote monster and give them a human Mm -hmm. side. Not only that, but everybody makes their own mythology. I mean, you think about like Anne Rice's Vampire Chronicles, her vampires are very different than uh, Christine Feehan's vampires, you know, yep. so it's, it's just fun for me because I love reading Wolf Shifter books and I obviously write a lot of them, but I love how everybody does their own thing. Like in my shifter world, the wolves can only shift during the full moon and they have to shift. And then nice. there's other people who their wolves can shift on command and sometimes it's painful and sometimes it's fast and sometimes it's slow. And so yeah. even though I know what I'm getting, I don't know what I'm getting. And I love that as a reader. Well, and there's, I like that with paranormal, there's no limits. It's, you're only limited by your, by your imagination and what you can kind of, I don't know, just come, come up with. And, you know, the limits that you put on the world and then how the characters react to that is all, it's all up to you. And, you know, what kind of obstacles are you going to put in your way? I also love that there's so many different kinds of paranormal romantic creatures. And, you know, you've got mm-hmm. the werewolves, of course, and the vampires, and then you've got witches and sorcerers you've got psychics you've got and you know there's just and say yeah there's so many different ways that you could go with it and um, and just in the shifter world you and I are both alike in that we love shifters <laughs> and I think I would argue that most <laughs> paranormal readers love shifters is that you can even you have very different worlds if you go wolves versus mountain lions versus jaguars versus you know there's just so many different ways to do that. And because those animals are so different just in the natural world, that just lends immediately to differences in a paranormal world. And yeah, so I find and that you can work it into really. their personality too. And I think that's cool. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And so it it does. It gives you so many possibilities. The other thing I've got to say I, I like about writing paranormal romance, because I also write contemporary romance, is that there's less argument with the author. <laughs> about what can and can't happen in the world or this is true or real or this could happen. It's like, no, this is paranormal. It's my world. I get to make it anything I want. That's right. (laughs) Yes, that's very true. (laughs) And for me, I like that in paranormal, the stakes tend to be huge. Life and death, the whole world, yes. um, you know, they're, they're huge stakes because as a reader, I, I need that. I'm not, I'm not a great contemporary romance reader because it, for some reason I have no problem suspending my disbelief that this guy is a werewolf and he'll shift once a month. But I have a huge time suspending my disbelief that this billionaire walked in for a quick haircut and falls in love with her. And, you know, I'm like, really? 
So I can I can believe this man turns into a gigantic dra- dragon, but this guy, yeah. no way. You know, so, the breeze fire lives in all, yeah. So, <laughs> it's so yeah. true. <laughs> so I guess well, and I will say that when I write contemporaries, it does. It does. And well, and there's so many different genres. I will say when I write contemporaries, I struggle with the conflict primarily because so much mm-hmm. of the paranormal conflict comes from either what they are or the external factors impacting them. And um, and so when I get into the contemporary space, it's like it all has to be internal conflicts for the most part. And it's like uh, and I'm one of those people that I don't have a lot of conflict in my life. In general, I'm just really blessed that way. But also, I just have one of those personalities, like, it's really hard to offend me. It's really hard to, you know, I try not to offend other people. (laughs) Like, I don't have a ton of conflict going on. And so I'm like, but would they really get this mad over this? Like, really? And my husband's the same way, like, super laid back. So. Yeah, just talk it out. Or real, why are you getting offended over that? Just you know, yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that, that it causes. Yeah, I have to really, really think through my conflicts for my contemporaries. Yeah, I would think so. And um, and in our anthology, um, the book that I have in there is called The Lone, Lone Wolf's Wish, and um, mine isn't funny, but it has funny moments. I have a hard time maintaining funny. but I can't maintain but, funny all the way. Um, <laughs> mine got pretty serious, yeah, actually, so you and I are the Yeah, so in, in, in my book, it's kind of a um, – it actually was my very first – Christmas book ever that I ever wrote and I ended up having so much fun with it I'm like how come I've never done this before but never having done it the at Christmas, the holidays yeah, yeah was so much it fun it something but, right yeah and there were great scenes that I got to have where things were de- decorated for Christmas and cute kissy mm-hmm. scenes where they're looking for mistletoe and you know oh. stuff like that it was just super fun and um, but in, in my book, the werewolf shifter, um, it kind of bridges my two werewolf um, series. So it, it comes at the end of the moon series and right before the beginning of the Sedona pack. And oh, cool. um, this werewolf, yeah, so this werewolf is a lone wolf. His Nero has wiped out his pack and he's the last man living. And so he is hunting the jaguar shifter that he thinks is responsible for killing his pack. So all he wants for Christmas is revenge, but of course <laughs> he ends up running into this veterinarian who was his high school sweetheart who vanished without a trace, and she of course turns out to be his mate. So his his wish doesn't come true as far as the revenge. However, he didn't realize he'd get a miracle instead. So it was aw. Um, <laughs> I love that. Well, and I love that you bridged the series too. I love it when I, I love series. So I can't. I have to admit, I can't really do series where it's the same couple for every single book. It's just, I get, right. I want the happily ever after to be a happily ever after more than a happily for now. And I can't do, like, if it's more right. than three books, I'm out. You know, like, I can't go for more than yeah. three books for the same couple. And so I love series where it's like, we'll do a couple of books about this group of folks. And then we'll do a couple of books, a different series, but in the same world about this group of folks. And then we'll tie it together with this story. And then we'll add this little thing in here that references. I just love all those Easter eggs, you know? Right. Right. Yeah, I do too. I think as a reader, I love those. And as a writer, it's really fun when, when you can, like I, mm-hmm. the uh, mortal pirate series that I'm writing for entangled. 
I um, love that series. <laughs> I had a moment in oh, thank you. I had a moment in the second book where werewolves from the moon series came in to visit because I have this this little inkling of an idea that's going to happen at the very end of the pirate series that may require some help from the werewolves. And so, um, so anyway, I they showed up, and all my readers were like, "Oh my gosh, yeah, they're there, the werewolves yes. are there." <laughs> Yeah, I love that. It's very fun. (laughs) (laughs) So besides our Christmas anthology, you've been very busy because you must be the most organized human ever. You had another book come out too, (laughs) The Enforcer, right? (laughs) I did, yeah. So that's that's my Dragon Shifters, um, and it's the third book, although each book stands alone because, like I said, I can't do books where it's the same couple. I have to have my Happily Ever Afters. Um, and so I actually have two separate series that are um, both in the same Dragon Shifter world, but one is set with the kings and clans and phoenixes, um, and then the other one is fire, that's Inferno Rising, and then in Fire's Edge, they are the enforcers that are in the American colonies and dragon colonies, essentially, it's contemporary, but. <clears throat> They enforce the laws of the kings and clans. And so this is the third book in that series. Um, And Drake is my – I've set him up in the previous books to be the grumpy, mostly (laughs) nonverbal, super alpha, (laughs) but super grumpy guy. And um, he's also in the previous books I've set up that he's dying. So in in this world, dragon shifters, if they don't mate by a certain age, they're aging – gets more rapid and they degenerate quickly, whether it's a, a, um, it's some kind of disease that they develop, whether it's a mental disease or a physical disease. And he's developed a kind of a, a, um, nerve degeneration. And so he's losing feeling and, and the ability to do things like fly. And so that's how he starts the book is a already super grumpy and be dying <laughs> faster Aww. while he's trying to be an enforcer. And so, he meets um, Carrie, who is um, human, but she's a dragon shifter mate. There's a, a whole deal with how they identify the humans that can uh, can be turned. And she um, is your just kind of she's your ray of sunshine character. That's <laughs> very chatty and you know wants to be friends with everybody and really doesn't put up with any of his shit. <laughs> if I can say that on, on the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, you can, because we're on the internet, so. <laughs> okay. And so, yeah, so it, it was really fun to put together those two characters, where she she does all the talking, and he just kind of grunts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and for the... People who don't know, um, you just had a book come out in Mass Market that's in the same world, but a different series, The Rogue King, right? Do, do is, any yep. of these characters cross back and forth between the series? They do, and they will a little bit more as we go along. But um, So the Rogue King came out in, uh, right at the end of July, August really more because it was like the 20th. Um, and that one is the, Inferno, the first book in the Inferno Rising series and one that I'm super proud of. It's actually um, the first book out of both series that I wrote. But because print takes a little bit longer, and Tangled was like, what if we do another series that's in the same world, and it comes out in ebook first to kind of bring readers into the world? And I was like, awesome. So I've been writing them in backwards order, where I write the print book, and then the the ebook that comes out first <laughs> after I oh. finish the print book, which is crazy. 
Um, but the Rose King gets into phoenixes, um, a phoenix is super rare, and whoever, whichever king in the dragon world is mated to the phoenix becomes the high king. Um, and they haven't had a phoenix for several, for about 500 years, because um, she had to run, basically. She was being threatened by one of the dragons who is currently the false high king. And meanwhile, there's all sorts of political shenanigans with that. But uh, again, I'm, I guess I like the writing of the grumpy ones. This is also a grumpy <laughs> dragon. He's he. <laughs> Um, Brand is uh, a mercenary rogue dragon shifter, and he's been sent to go find a phoenix that there's been rumors of, um, and he, he finds her, <laughs> and then he's got to drag her back to his king. Oh, <laughs> but she's really his, right? She's really his. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. And so that sets up the world, and then, so yeah, these go back and forth basically. Where you read right now, you read the first. Two and a half, because there's a there's a free short story prequel to Fire's Edge, um, books, and then you read the first Inferno Rising, and then another Fire's Edge, and then Inferno Rising, and then a Fire's Edge. So they go back and forth after this, in chronological order. And so her sister Skylar is introduced at the end of Rogue King, and then Skylar is also a character in the Enforcer right now. So in the Enforcer, you can see what Skylar is doing leading up to Rogue King, and then going into her own book, which comes out next summer. Oh my gosh, so cool! <laughs> yeah, so so you have plenty of books crazy. for people to read about dragon shifters. I do, <laughs> with more coming. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so, so what is it for you that that makes you love the the dragon shifters? You know, um, I love shifters in general. I love the idea of being able to turn into something. Uh, more powerful in a different way, more physically powerful um, than we are as humans and, and how that dynamic could work in the world. Um, and so I write all sorts of shifters. I've got a series of mountain lion shifters. I've got my wolf shifter story and the Christmas one. But with dragons, it's something about their their size and their and the fact that they can breathe fire, the fact that they can fly, just all those dynamics just makes them, and they, to me they tend to be magical. Any kind of dragon imagery that you see throughout various different cultures, they tend to be magical. Something scary, but magical. <laughs> so I right. love that. Well, they'd have to be to get that big, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to kill my dogs. Can you hear them, like, driving each other nuts? No, I only hear you. Oh, good. Because <laughs> they're, they're really loud. <laughs> so, suddenly they're in there going, we want to be on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> no, this isn't your book. <laughs> so I got to tell you that I, I have written vampires, werewolves, muses, fae, and I have never written a dragon shifter because for me, I can't figure out how I would explain that a man could suddenly become a, you know, five-ton dragon. Dragon. How do you do it? How does that happen in your world? (laughs) For me, so um, it tends to be different than my wolves. So my wolves, it's a little bit how I do my mountain lions, though. But with with my wolves, I tend to make it more, because that's about, similar size on size. Wolves tend to be a little bit smaller, right. actually, than a full-grown man. And so, you know, really that's right. just 
re-crunching the bones to get into alignment. Right. <laughs> Sprouting some fur. Right. Yeah. And you, re- you reshape everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With the dragons, what I do is they kind of, it's almost like a mirage. And so they don't mm-hmm. um, end up naked or anything like that. Like their clothing just gets absorbed into their new form. So it's the magic of being a dragon essentially. Oh, okay. And so when you watch it, they, they grow and reform as a mirage almost until they're solid. Oh, okay. That works. So that's how I ended up doing it, yeah. <laughs> but you do have to, it's funny as a writer that you have to think through, okay. And yeah, what's even really funnier is that when I it. first started writing Paranormal Romance, I had my mom read my very first book before I sent it to anybody, and she was like, you know, the writing is lovely, but I can't picture anything because you're not describing exactly what, and I'm like, what do you mean? They just shift. Like, what do you mean I have to describe how they shift? Like, they just shift in your head. When he's a man and then he's a dragon, what do you you want from me? And and so I had to learn, oh, you you got to put description. Well, how the heck am I going to describe this? So that's. Right. But now that's become one of the fun things to do is like, okay, how do I want this to work? Like, do I want them having to take off the clothes? Because that means they're naked every time they shift back. And that can be awkward for any right. scenes where they have to like shift and talk and then shift and fly and shift and talk some more. Right. All right. Mm-hmm. And how yeah, do they carry I, things like I, backpacks or suitcases? <laughs> right. Right. Well, when I wrote the night series, I had these, um, they're not vampires, they're night walkers, but they were from the mm-hmm. Mayans. And so they shift into like their, their spirit animal. And I had a review on the first book where somebody actually said, shame, Miss Kessler. I was like, wow, I'm being shamed. What? And the shame was that she didn't know where their clothes went. Oh, <laughs> and I thought, really? Huh. Wow, that's that's it. That's what I'm being shamed for. Okay, yeah. so I made sure in every future book to explain what happened to where their the clothes, clothes are going because theirs is a yeah. magical shift. So whatever yep. they were doing before they shifted, that's where you know when they shift back, that's the same thing. So that's what there is no yep. pile of clothes somewhere. <laughs> yeah, or anything ripped and just but, not uh, like the Hulk. Yeah. Right, right. So I didn't even realize that that was important to people, but it was very important to that one reader. <laughs> it is. I it's, made sure it's really interesting. that I explain where it goes. <laughs> I find it very interesting <laughs> what different people will focus on for for various different reasons. Um, I, it's, I, it makes you wonder what perspective they had when they came into it. Like, did they read a book where – the clothes was a problem, and so then they expected that in all their <laughs> shifter books. That's right. probably where that yeah, came I from. Yeah, I don't know. But then you're like, okay, <laughs> where, where did the, you know, attention to that detail come from? And, exactly. you know, versus people who, like, pick on the grammar, and I'm like, okay, you must have been an English major, or maybe your mom was an English teacher or something. That's where the grammar picks, you know, come from. Right, right. Because that's something well, that stands out to in, them. You know, with our own with our own baggage, so I I never yep. know you know what's going to be important to one person is is nobody else notices. So you're just yeah, like and nobody oh. else sees it. Yeah. Well, and yeah. it tells you a lot. I can't. I didn't realize when I first started. I had one editor, and she did a pass that was like a content pass, and then she did a pass that was a grammar pass, which was great. But 
um, most publishing houses have not only the person that does multiple content passes with you, but then a different person that does an editing pass, and then a different person for copywriting, and then a different person for a last proofreading pass. And now they've added another mm -hmm. person in several of my publishers that do a, a um, sensitivity reader um, pass to make sure that there's nothing that your inherent biases aren't kind of showing through, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, – it really takes a village. And even then, I guarantee you that book has got at least one, at least one and probably more <laughs> mistakes in it, just because that's a lot of words to sift through. And, right. And to have that many and eyes on it. all is, those people and to still have. Yeah. And to still have mistakes. And it's like, wow, you know, this takes a, a lot more effort behind the scenes than I think um, I ever certainly realized when I was a reader and not a writer. And, and I will say now, my prejudices lean towards what I've learned as a writer. So if I'm reading a book, I used to be able to just read a book and cast aside anything. As long as it had right. a romance with a happily ever after, I really didn't care how we got there, if there were grammar mistakes, if they used the word just 10,000 times, you know, anything like that. And now right. as a reader mm -hmm. or as a writer, because I have to pick at those things for myself, certain things stand out to me and I'm like, ah, <laughs> they used just right. 40 times on this one page. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's very hard once you become a writer to turn that off so that you can enjoy the yeah. reading. I have to like yes. mentally tell myself, just let it go because I want to enjoy yeah. this and just, yeah, you know. Yeah, it's not like you can go fix not it. Not read critically. <laughs> just enjoy exactly. the and story. it's not my book. <laughs> it's not my job. Just, just read yeah. the story. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, so. Well, I can't believe we are almost we are almost rapidly running oh out my of goodness. time. So I know it goes by so fast. But um, is are you doing any giveaways or any what what should people do to find the enforcer? Um, the enforcer is on all ebook retailers, so Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, Kobo, Apple, and Google Play. There, it's all up on all those. And um, I would recommend that if you're new to the series, that you start with the buff, just because even though each one stands alone, and you really can read them standalone, I think it's a lot more fun to go through <laughs> the whole thing. And yeah, the, right. the boss is on um, sale right now for one uh, for dollar ninety nine, so it's on a price discount. Oh, nice. And there's also a freebie um, short story that is a prequel to the boss called The Mate, and that's totally free. You can just go on again any of those ebook um, retailers, and they're both there. So that's what I would recommend. Yes. And everyone, go grab Christmas After Dark. You get six books for ninety nine cents, and they're all set at Christmas time with paranormal. So yeah, go get it. They're fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I read them all Thanks and they're so all much for coming back on. <laughs> Thank you for having we'll me. I you. always have fun talking to you. Okay. Thanks for joining Bye. us on Book Lights. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers. <laughs>